You're listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast that helps you plan your day your way by helping you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. This season on The Bouquet Toss, we are both posing and attempting to answer the question, why weddings? To do so, we're having some truly thoughtful conversations about the importance of weddings in the greater context of our lives. We want to help couples define what a wedding actually means to them, why they're doing it, and why they're choosing to spend the amount of money on it that they are. So to kick this all off, we're going to have a conversation, just the two of us, before we invite all of our awesome guests on board. And we're just going to talk about why we think that this is such an important aspect of wedding planning and why we're bringing all these people on to explore it this season. But before we do, we wanted to take a moment to share some exciting news The Bouquet Toss is now part of the Evergreen Podcast family. We are honored to be in the presence of such a great group of podcasters and for this to help us reach even more couples who are wedding planning right now. And the other bit of news since we've been off the air is that Sari got engaged herself. I did. And now that I'm wedding planning personally, I'm really asking this question a lot. Why do we do weddings and why do we do them the way we do them? So I guess let's just go for it. We need to talk about this. I think you and I talk about it a lot. It's so clear. Weddings are a huge big time expense. Everybody talks about it, especially nowadays. It feels like that's like the most common refrain about weddings is like, oh my God, they're so expensive. Yet we all keep having them. (laughs) So we want to talk about why. Why is this something that everybody does despite the price tag? And I I don't want to say everybody, but most people, right? Even when we try to get the cost down as low as possible, even if you're somehow doing it with very little cost at all, the ritual of a wedding is still so important. And so we're going to take a look at why. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an important rite of passage for couples, right? And it's also important in terms of the joining of two families. Obviously, it's not just you and your partner involved. There's all of your family and friends who are coming together to celebrate. And there's a lot of different aspects you have to consider when planning a wedding from the guest list, obviously, budget, you know, legal things that come into play when planning an event. And so, yeah, we're super excited this season to dive into all of those different aspects and how you can consider everything to plan a day that feels right to you and your partner. I think the thing that kind of defined the initial conversations I was having with my fiance when we were deciding like big wedding or not, or even just wedding or not, we really felt like when else do you have a chance to get everybody that you love in one room? It's so sad, but really that doesn't happen until maybe your funeral. (laughs) You know, it's so hard. People live so far away nowadays. It's not, you know, easy to stop our busy lives just to get together. And there's always costs involved and things like that. And, you know, I think though that what you just said about like, it's a ritual, it's a rite of passage. It made me think about for graduation. This is something like even in preschool, (laughs) from like preschool up, we have a graduation ceremony, literally just to like walk across a stage and grab a diploma. It doesn't mean you didn't or did graduate without it. 
But it's something that as a society, we feel like marks this huge occasion and kind of like gives it this honor that it deserves. And I'm thinking like specifically about, you know, maybe in high school, like that feeling of your parents or your family or your siblings or your friends or anybody that's a support to you being there to see it, or even just for you to have that moment to like get your diploma. It just like makes it even more official. And it forces you to take a moment to reflect on like, wow, these last four years, look at the person I've become and look at the growth I've done and look what this can mark for me moving forward, having this diploma or, you know, whatever it is. And like a wedding is kind of similar in that it's not just for you and your soon to be partner to be like legally wed or bound to each other. It's also like for everyone else to like give the moment what it's due and to really reflect on where you both came from and now where you're going together. Yeah, I mean, I I think the symbolism of all of it, it is really important. And that's what getting everybody together on one day or one weekend and dancing and eating and doing these things, like that's what it's doing. It's giving you a great way to really like move yourself into this chapter. Yeah. And doing so along with all those people who mean the most to you. And, you know, we've talked about this, the transition, especially with your families, right? Like they know you as a member of their family and now they're adding a new member to their family as well as all of your partners, extra people. And so giving those people the chance to celebrate with you and be part of that occasion, part of that ritual, that milestone in your lives is so special. And it's, you know, obviously no wonder that people still are doing this. They're still finding it valuable, meaningful. You know, to your point, we have so few reasons or events or occasions that allow people to come together in these celebratory, joyous moments rather than the more unfortunate family gatherings that bring people together, which are often funerals. So like, yes, have a wedding so you can celebrate with these people and make those meaningful memories on a happy occasion. And it is so special and so important and priceless and you can't take it away, but you also have to fit that into whatever is realistic for your personal situation, right? And that includes your budget, logistics, all of those things. So that's something that we always like aim to do at Budget Savvy Bride is help you find ways to do these things in a savvy way, prioritizing what matters the most to you and finding areas to cut back that maybe aren't as important. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not to say that like an elopement or something really private is not still incredible. And like in in its way, it is also giving the, the moment and the event its due course. It's giving it what it deserves. It's like honoring it in some way. So whether there's a lot of people there or not, just like that actual ritual, like of, you know, even I love the fact that you have to like go to the courthouse if that's what you choose. Like you have to be there. And like often there's other couples there that are witnessing it too. And like it's no matter what, it's like in community. It's never just you two isolated deciding to do something and then like it's official. It's like it takes a little bit of other people witnessing and being there and and to even make it happen. Like you need somebody to sign the marriage license, right? Somebody else. So that also is a great way to think about it. No matter how big or small the community is that's like involved in it, that's that's what the wedding is doing. And so I think it helps, I think it just helps a little bit to like take not so much the pressure because I think no matter what planning these things, there's pressure, but it gives you a different perspective to look at it with and a really beautiful one. 
That said, you know, like we can talk all about how a celebration is maybe the best thing to spend your money on in terms of being able to have time with your family and or the people that you love and your friends and or even just the two of you to mark this occasion. But like, has the wedding industry kind of exploited that? You know, honestly, I would say yes. <laughs> and it's not not pointing at any one particular entity or or faction of the industry at all, but I'm sure anyone listening to this will agree. So much of the marketing around making these various decisions for different aspects of your wedding day kind of come with that little caveat of, oh, this is your one special day. You only get one shot at this. It's very much this like YOLO kind of mentality, <laughs> which I'm all about living life to the fullest. Don't get me wrong, but within reason, you know, like there has to be some like parameters in in place when it comes to obviously finances and logistics and all of that stuff. But I think there's just this undercurrent of like FOMO that's out yeah. there of like, if you don't spend money on this, or if you don't do this particular thing for your wedding, then you're going to regret it. That can be really damaging because it can cause you to overspend on things that maybe don't actually matter that much to you because you feel worried maybe what other people are going to think or, you, you know, that you might be judged for not having certain aspects included in the wedding. And sometimes that just involves getting really clear with yourself on what your values and priorities are so that you can make those decisions without giving into that added pressure of like the FOMO yeah. and all of that. Yeah. I mean, I think that the wedding industry is definitely kind of defined by this like scarcity mindset because it is a thing that people look at as like, I'm going to do it once. And as you're saying, it's easy then to be like, oh, I'm going to throw this expense in because I'm only going to do this once. So I'm going to do it the way, you know, or I'm, you, you can justify it because it's like a one-time expense. And yes, that is a very special thing. And in a lot of cases, people are really happy that they ended up doing that. But it also makes you feel like I have to throw in this extra food package or like, you know, these, these, a lot of these places, these venues, they kind of, I think by design, give you too many options. Like they give you so many things. And then it's like, well, for an added X amount of money, you can have that fourth option or you can do this extra thing. And even though like you can kind of take a step back and be like, all right, I have all of this food that I'm feeding people. They're not going to be hungry. And food is just one aspect, but like, somehow it still becomes like, oh, but do we need something else? Is that going to be enough? Are people going to have enough variety? And I think part of that is also like, I, I always think about Downton Abbey when I think about wedding planning. <laughs> <laughs> they they like host people at Downton Abbey pretty often. Yes. And they know how to, there's all these etiquette rules and plates that you use and all these things, which I'm glad we don't still do. You know, most people don't do like in a modern <laughs> world, but that's part of what they learn as they grow up is like how to host people and like what's expected and what, you know, makes something more fancy or what makes you seem more elevated. And like, that's not how we live. And often your wedding is really the first thing that you're doing where not only are you creating a space for all the people that you love to be together and you're feeding all of them and everything, but it's kind of like the first time that you're having to ask well, how does this come off to other people? And like, will I be doing it right? And what do people think? Like, you know, we were just talking about, we're working on our invitations and just even like describing attire 
<laughs> feels hard because we're not doing black tie. My fiance doesn't want to wear a tux. So if he's not in a tux, we don't want anybody else to be in a tux. So we're not doing black tie. And then also like I kind of wanted to be able to then express though that like I kind of would love for people that want to wear dresses to be in like long gowns because I'm wearing a gown and I don't want to be the only person in a gown. <laughs> And so we've been going back and forth, like, how do we describe it? And so we came up with formal attire being what we felt described it. But every person that we talk about it with has a different idea of what that even means. And so it's like suddenly we're questioning everything and we're like, what are people going to think? What is it going to mean? What are they going to take that as? And ideally, I would hope that they would just ask us and like, yes, we have our website and we're going to have tons of information on it. But- I don't know. It's just it's just such a new thing for people to be doing. And then at the same time, you add the scarcity mindset onto it. And it just it just really makes it hard to make easy decisions or to not second guess or to even get caught up, unfortunately, in overspending. I think when you're not in the throes of it, speaking from experience, talking about it with so many people, but not having planned a wedding, it was very easy for me to look at it and be like, oh, well, like just don't do that or like don't include that. Keep it or toss it, girl. <laughs> Keep it or toss it. Exactly. Even like with people on your guest list, like the budget every brand has honed in on that. Like, and it's so true. The smaller the guest list, the easier it's all going to be in terms of how much money. I love how you say it. Like you stretch your dollar further when you have less people. And even before planning, it was like, okay, we're going to like cap it here and that's what it's going to be. And now it's suddenly we just keep like remembering people that we were like, oh my God, we didn't include them. But now that we added this person and this person, they need to be added. And it just like balloons so quickly. Yeah. It's it's so true. I saw uh, – I can't remember which Instagram account shared this, but I liked this as well as kind of one of those filter parameters for thinking about like the guest list stuff. And it's like if you would not go out to dinner with someone and pay for their bill, should you invite them to your wedding? Probably not. That's amazing. Oh my God. That is amazing because that honestly brings us right back to the whole point of this conversation. Like when you're thinking about why weddings, the whole idea that we even just came up with before is like to be in community with the people that you feel closest to and that like you want there celebrating with you and that you want seeing like all the other people in your life, right? You want like to have them in your community. And I feel like that's a great barometer. Like if you don't even know them or they're someone else's friend and they're there, like you would never take them out to dinner and pay for their meal, but that's literally what you're doing on the night of your wedding. Absolutely. That is a great way to think about it. So yes, we can come up with amazing ways to make things more affordable, right? But I think at the end of the day, like, I don't know, do we have to toss the idea that like you can have a traditional big wedding on a budget? Because it's, it's it's not up to us. <laughs> it's everyone else. Of course. And, you know, depending on your level of time availability and wanting to invest that time into doing certain things yourselves, I think given the right set of circumstances, you can still pull off something for a larger guest list on a smaller budget, but you're going to have to do a lot more of that work yourself. And one thing that I think is just becoming increasingly true is that we're all short on time. Like our attentions are 
on so many different things in our lives, whether it's, you know, our careers and work, our families, our friends, taking care of our health, our mental health, all of these different aspects. It's like, we're all becoming more aware of these other areas of our lives that also need attention. And with, I think the stat is that, you know, wedding planning takes couples on average between like six to 10 hours a week throughout the course of their engagement to devote towards wedding planning. And that's like on the conservative end. If you're six hours yesterday, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. It's like, and that's even if you're working with a team of professionals, if you are not, and you are trying to do a lot of this stuff yourself, you might have to spend more than that. And you, it might bleed into your weekends. You might spend your, you know, every weekend throughout your engagement, crafting things. I definitely did this back in the day because I was in a financial spot where I had to do those things in order to make it happen. But if you don't have that, and if you don't want to dedicate your time to that, that's totally okay. But you might have to make compromises in order to come in at your desired budget. And I think with inflation and everything else, like it's, it is becoming more of a challenge and there's no two ways about it. Things just cost more from the food to, you know, transportation costs to, to everything else. And as a result, everything is, is raising in price. And so you just have to account for that in whatever ways you can. And I always go back to it, but like the guest list really is the biggest contributing factor into what type of experience you're able to offer for the budget that you have. We love anything that can help make wedding planning more fun and less stressful. And that's why Greenvelope is a game changer. With over 8,000 five-star reviews, it's clear that so many people agree. Wedding announcements and invitations with Greenvelope are easy on your budget while sacrificing nothing when it comes to style or quality. They have thousands of beautiful designs for everything wedding-related, from engagement announcements to save the dates, formal wedding invitations, thank yous, and beyond. Plus, they have several key features that make communication with your invitees a breeze. Guests can RSVP with the click of a button, so you'll know in an instant who will or won't be attending. And you can even include survey questions to ask guests about meal preferences, accommodations, and more. One thing that I personally think sets Greenvelope apart and something that really turns the stress way down, is that with every Greenvelope account, you have your very own messaging center. This makes sure that you're able to keep in contact with any of your guests at all times, whether you need to follow up, pivot your plans, or even ask for an extra hand. And while it's true that weddings with Greenvelope save a lot of paper, the company takes their commitment to a sustainable future a step further, partnering with organizations like National Forest Foundation and being a proud member of 1% for the planet. So if you're planning your big day, there's really no need to wait. Visit Greenvelope today by going to greenvelope.com slash BSB or by visiting the link in the show notes. So like, yes, I mean, I agree. Everything just costs more. So it's just going to add up so quickly. But a lot of people I feel like kind of have this look on it that there's like a wedding tax that if you say this thing is for your wedding, they're going to charge you more because they know that you can. I'm wondering like what your take is on that. Well, there's a few different sides to look at that. I think consider a florist, for example, they are doing, you know, bouquets for delivery for people's birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. 
those are pretty simple orders and pretty simple customers to serve. But when it comes to a wedding, there's a lot more involved. There's mock-ups, there's, you know, design feedback and revision and things like that. There's, you know, the need for extra product to ensure that they have the best quality blooms that go into your arrangements on the day of. And so there's hard costs involved in that. And in certain cases, it's not necessarily just because the word wedding is attached. I think that's like (laughs) a very common misconception. But when it comes to serving a wedding client versus just a standard event, depending on, you know, which vendor type we're talking about, there's a lot higher touch point. There's a lot more personalized service. There's a lot more consultation and time is money to a vendor, you know, like they, they have bills to pay and roofs to keep over their head too, at the end of the day. So I think it's important to consider those things when factoring in like the costs and not just operate under this assumption, like, oh, they're just charging me more because it's a wedding. Like same thing for a cake, right? You know, maybe two tier birthday cake, if you're having a big party, still going to be a much lower touch point and a much lower, I don't want to say expectation, but because of a lot of this marketing language of once in a lifetime, the biggest, most special day of your life, that added pressure on couples translates to the vendors that they're working with. And that adds extra pressure onto the vendors to deliver the most quality product to meet and exceed their clients' expectations. And so they put a lot of time and a lot of care into what they do. And I don't ever think that vendors are out there just trying to take advantage of couples. These are small business owners, hardworking people who are trying to make your day as special as it can be. So I'm a big believer that like the wedding tax isn't actually real. (laughs) The only way that I think maybe it is, is like these big companies that you know, big brands, like I don't want to like name brands and be like, they're doing this, but like places where you can buy clothing all year round, but they have like a wedding section. They don't put that stuff on sale because they know that there's a need for it. And there's the mentality of I'll splurge for this type of thing. So yes, I think overall, like when it's, when you're looking at vendors and like what they're doing for you, they're charging what they need to, you know, keep their doors open And to make it the best experience for you. I mean, I think that said, when you are looking at your vendors, there's the option to look for people who are maybe more at the beginning of their career and maybe their prices are a little bit lower as they're starting out and maybe you can still get what you're like looking for. But obviously you get peace of mind when you know that this person's a pro and they've done a million of them. But there are people that, you know, every day are starting and doing their first wedding. And so that can sometimes help. And also it can help you just kind of like feel even nicer about like this partnership maybe that you have with your vendors, like rather than feeling like it's just a service and you're giving them money and they're giving you what you paid for. Like it's a person that's, you know, becoming part of your community. They're going to be at the most special day of your life. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is a relationship at the end of the day. And, you know, another thing like to consider with a lot of these small business owners is the expenses that they have to factor into how they cost and price their services, right? Most of them are small businesses. Sometimes they are single member businesses. If it's yeah. like a planner, sometimes florists, photographers, things like that, they might not have a team to support, but they are you know, paying 
you know, self-employment tax. Uh, they're also trying to find ways to find new clients and marketing their business. And one way that I really see like the wedding industrial complex at play is just like the high cost for vendors to advertise in a lot of the more mainstream, like traditional platforms. You're not going to find most likely the more up and coming vendors on those platforms because it's going to be way outside of the reach of their budget to advertise in those places. And so where can couples find those up and coming vendors? Where can they find more, you know, quote unquote, affordable options? And that was like a big reason behind why we built our directory. We wanted to offer an alternative, affordable solution for vendors to get in front of engaged couples and for our couples, our audience, to find those vendors who can make your wedding day come to life in your local area. And so this platform was so important to us to help connect these two groups together who are looking for each other, because at the end of the day, we wholeheartedly believe that weddings serve a very big meaning, significance, and purpose in our lives and society. And we want to help make that more approachable and affordable and accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah. I mean, we're not tossing weddings at all. And what I find so interesting, like this is not just a us in the West, right? This is like all over the world, in every country, in every language, people get married. Actually, I found a stat according to, it's not a stat, but according to Britannica, some form of marriage has been found to exist in all human societies, past and present. Wow. Yeah. I, it's crazy to think about, but it really, it does. And I really am so interested in diving deeper into that in future episodes. And like, even in my own time, just learning more about what weddings look like in other places, even just for my own wedding and like me figuring out my, you know, why for why I'm having a wedding. I am so curious why this exists everywhere and the ways people do it in maybe similar and different ways. At the end of the day, especially like when you're talking about like us in like the Western world and specifically in the United States, you know, unfortunately, anything that's as common as a wedding is eventually going to be monetized. Like if our healthcare (laughs) is a business, our weddings are certainly going to be as well. And so I do think like we kind of can't have the conversation of weddings without looking at it in this bigger context. You know, you can't separate it from like everything else. It's not, you can't separate it from capitalism. You can't separate it from politics. You know, I think you you had been talking about a podcast that you had listened to where they talked about the overturning of Roe v. Wade has the potential to devastate the ability for millions of people to get married. Like same-sex marriage is on the table again. And also interracial marriage as well, from what I understand, is also on the table as a result of that sort of like legal precedent of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Just truly going backwards. But, you know, the thing to remember with that is, yes, like a law can maybe stifle the ability for a marriage to be recognized by a state or a country, but it can't stop you from having a wedding. That is true. And it never did, right? People were still having wedding. Like this is such a special thing. It's, as we said, it's a rite of passage. It's a ritual. It's just something that 
makes this moment so significant and, and, and real and kind of welcomes you into it. And that's why the ability to have one, to, to have a wedding, like does really feel like a privilege. Absolutely. Another stat that I recently saw that I was surprised by is that really over the last 50 years, the marriage rate in the U.S. has dropped by nearly 60%. Wow. This was published on Axios. And obviously, there's probably a lot of factors at play. Obviously, it's a bit more commonplace for couples to cohabitate or even start families before getting married. And they don't see marriage as a requirement in order to do those things anymore. Maybe they did in the past. Um, Well, it, it kind of, you know, was a necessity in the past, especially for women. Absolutely. But, you know, there's a lot of tax and legal benefits to being married that I think should extend to everyone, obviously, no matter the situation. And so it is really sad to see these sort of, you know, fundamental rights kind of like be on the table at this moment. Yeah. We definitely need like to bring in kind of experts on these things to get deeper into that. So I don't want to go too far down that side of it because really at that point we're talking about marriage, not weddings. And so I'd like to stay on just the wedding part because we we definitely want to go deeper on to that, you know, the legal aspects of marriage itself. But, you know, with weddings also, it's just something that everybody recognizes as like this big thing, right? Like it's it has the ability to kind of mend a relationship. But if you haven't maybe spoken to a loved one or somebody in a while, it's like, well, it's my wedding and I want you to be there. And people kind of understand that. And they're like, it's a big thing and I'll make the effort. Or unfortunately, it can go the other way. (laughs) It can end relationships too. But it's just such a big thing that like people recognize, you know, if there's a family reunion happening, maybe, but like if it's not an official big thing, it's hard to justify a plane ticket or even just a train ticket to travel to get there. But when it's for a wedding, we don't really seem to question it as much. And you don't get a registry for college or for getting your first job. Or I've always seen people talk about like, you don't get a registry when you finish your dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> like you do for your wedding and people help you and they want to give you a gift and they want to get you all these things that you will need. You know, we recognize these things as like these big, huge milestones to celebrate. At the end of the day, for anybody who is considering having a wedding, figuring out for you like what your why is, is the thing that's going to be the most helpful in actually planning something that feels authentic to you, feels justifiable in terms of the price tag. And that's exactly what we want to do throughout this season is talk about these different aspects of weddings so that we can get down to the why of all of it. And so that everybody listening can just can figure out for themselves. Why? Why? Why wedding? Why wedding? Yeah. I really think it can't be overstated. The value and benefit and getting really clear on why this is important to you, which aspects of it are completely non-negotiable and building that sort of like framework to help you make the decisions along the way. It gives you more clarity. It gives you more confidence as you're navigating these decisions and discussing them with your partner and doing that work. I think 
it's the best way to like kind of set the stage before going out and making these decisions so that you can do it with intention and an alignment with what matters most to you. And that doesn't end up putting you in debt to do it. (laughs) Yes. So coming up on the rest of this season, we're going to be bringing in and talking to experts and all different aspects that you should be considering when making these wedding decisions from the legal side of things, emotional side of things, relationships, even considering, you know, how, how does planning a wedding and paying for it fit into our potential future home buying decisions, as well as exploring ways to make your wedding inclusive and equitable for your guests, as well as with the vendors that you choose. So we've got a lot of really great guests lined up for this season, and we're just excited to explore and bring topics to you that'll help you get some more clarity uh, when making all of these decisions. Absolutely. It's going to be such a good season. So make sure to subscribe so that you can be first to know when every episode drops. And while you're reading, definitely go back and check out seasons one through four. We have so much amazing stuff in all of these episodes and listening to all of them will just help plan your wedding in a way that feels great for you. Absolutely. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss brought to you by thebudgetsavvybride.com. For more tips, tricks, hacks, inspiration, and support, check out the links in our show notes. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Get more information and check out other shows in the network by visiting evergreenpodcasts.com. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.